episode 100 of the Fitman Project podcast. I got some special news for you guys. I appreciate the loyal listeners. This podcast is now 100 episodes in, and we have made the decision to change the name of the podcast to True Transformation Podcast to match our online health and fitness coaching company um, that helps transform bodies and lives all around the world. So this will be uh, one of the last Fitman Project podcast episodes um, to ever air. The episodes that were came before this will all stay here, um, but we are just going to start releasing podcasts under the new name, which is the True Transformation Podcast. So stay tuned for more about that. Um, Today is episode 100. I just want to thank all of you for listening for the past 100 episodes. I can't believe it's 100 episodes in. It's been an incredible ride. Um, Today I have a very special guest on my show. It happens to be my best friend. Uh, His name is Carlton Mack, and he is the author of numerous books, which you'll hear about when we jump into the show. Um, but I've known Carlton for almost a decade. Um, and he has been one of the most instrumental people to help me with my personal development. And so I wanted to have him on the show as a way of celebrating 100 episodes to help you guys with your journey and your personal development and a lot of wisdom that Carlton brings to the table. So you're going to hear his story and uh, hear what uh, he's gone through recently and, and things that he has put into words in his books. It's going to be an incredible episode. So buckle up, get ready. Episode 100. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait for episode 200. It'll be here soon enough. All right, let's jump into episode Mr. Carlton Mack. Carlton, what's up, man? What's up, Josiah? How you doing, brother? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I had literally 10 meetings today because uh, we're getting ready to head down to the beach for the week. So it's been a crazy day, man, nonstop since 5 a.m. Damn. Never never stops. Never stops, man. But this, I, I'm, dude, this, this, I'm just like beyond hyped that this finally happened because um, I, always, I always say things do happen for a reason. Um, and we tried to make this happen numerous times over the past, I guess, year or so. Uh, and for whatever reason, just could never get our schedules together, even though we're friends and we live close by. Um, but it's episode 100, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I know it's long overdue, but you know, this, you know, this is a big one. So congratulations on episode 100 and I'm, you know, I'm honored to be, to finally be on here. Yeah, dude, the pleasure's all mine. I, I actually did a little intro before we started, uh, recording, but. I know uh, a lot of my listeners, because I have, I have literally people all across the world, um, and I'm excited for them to get to know you and get to know the work you've, you've done and to hear your story and all that stuff. But I know an intro that I put together is not going to do you justice, so I was hoping we could just start with who you are, man, um, what, you, what you stand for, and some of the things that you're passionate about, and then let's just see where the conversation takes us, man. Okay. Um, wow. Uh... Carlton Mack Jr., 40 years old, a 40-year-old kid, <laughs> still, um, still, trying to, still trying to navigate my way through life. Um, I value family, great friends, uh, loyalty, honesty, integrity genuineness 
and my my world is uh is my son my three and a half year old son Ronan so you know I have my work cut out for me to you know set the right set the proper example make sure he's following in the in the right footsteps so yeah I'm, I mean I'm I'm trying to trying to be a student in life trying to be the best student I can be yeah, because I've known you for man, it's been almost a decade. Um, maybe even maybe it has been a decade actually at this point. Yeah, I, uh, I think so. I think so. Close to it, if not a decade, definitely close to it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, actually, we had our sons a uh, week apart. Might have, it, actually, it was three days. Three days apart. Yeah, yeah, three. Oh, I'm, yeah, because. You had Ronan on my brother's birthday, actually, which is the 20th of October. Yes. And then uh, Jackson, who's my firstborn, uh, was born on the 17th. So, yeah, we were, like, crossing paths in the hospital, literally. We were doing a checkup, and you were delivering, uh, or Jesse and, and you guys were delivering. That, that's just crazy, man. Like, it's time flies. And we, we've been through numerous stages of life. Um, everything you just talked about were things that you were trying to beat into my head <laughs> when we first met even though it was like, uh, I guess it wasn't the most gentle beating at the time. Uh, but I remember you saying these things to me and, and trying to get me to like actually understand what you were talking about. But I'm curious to know, like, has, has the things you just listed always been things that you focused on integrity, honesty, or, or were these things that you had to learn maybe even the hard way as you were growing up? A little bit of both. Uh, I was, thankful to have you know my father he's he's this year will mark eight years since he's passed but I had him I had him in my directly in my life for 32 years so between he and my mother they they instilled a a strong foundation into me um you know my sister she was the scholar in school got straight A's I was the you know, I was the average student that did just enough to get by. You know, I, I, you know, my, I didn't really get into trouble, but I, you know, I'm the one that pushed the envelope. I was hard-headed, um, spoiled, so I definitely knew how far I could take things, and sometimes I took things too far. So, you know, there were there were a lot of like great lessons, but there were a lot of hard lessons I had to learn from being hard-headed, and. The one thing I, you know, I come from a family where we were very open and expressive, to put it lightly. So, you know, we we kind of would, we would just exa- we would express ourselves, say what we had to say, but then, you know, two minutes later, it's like, oh, you know, do you want something to eat? So, <laughs> so before you could even, before you could even get too deep into your feelings, it was like, okay, yeah, I, I, you know, I said what I had to say, but I love you, and I'm going to get something to eat, and you know, I'm going to make sure you, you know, you're, you're fed. Mm. So while I while I learned these things, my my roadblock was while I learned them my way, while I knew how I learned it, I was trying to teach people these the same way. Mm. So with your dad, because I know you talk about your dad a lot. I mean, was was he like your first mentor, I guess? Could you call him a mentor? Was would that be accurate? I think, uh, yeah, I definitely would call him my mentor. Um, he was the type of guy who, you know, I could ask him whatever I wanted. 
you know, he, he would he would tell me things and and give me the uh the consequences. Just you know it, it, it you know, we we had open we had just open conversations. You know, okay, mm-hmm. you wanna do this? This is these are the consequences. You know, if if you wanna like I would get mad and and I get and you you know, like I you know how hard headed and stubborn I can be, how bullheaded mm-hmm. I can be. So I would get mad and if you get to the point where like he can't talk to me, he'd be like, Okay, well, that's that I'll show you I'll hurt me attitude. Mm. So it's like you know, he reached that point where and he wouldn't even talk to me. You know, whether it was if it was something at work, I would just I would get mad and I would get I would be irrational. And it was like, Okay, I'll show you I'll hurt me. Because if if you don't control it, you're the one that's gonna get fired. Mm. So, you know, and so I'm, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. No, I was going to say, you know, one of the things that we always talk about, because um, I think one of our transformations that we're going through right now together is becoming fathers. Right. Like we're 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 trying to build leadership and to make sure our boys have uh, a figure. Right. And a leader and, a, and a, an example of what a man should be. Uh, and we come from kind of separate. We're, I would say opposite almost backgrounds where I had a horrible relationship with my dad. Uh, very, very distant, uh, very just unhealthy. Um, I, I think you probably have a little bit more of a, of a close or at least a close memory of, of dealing with your dad and to have a little bit closer relationship. But I'm curious to know, like, when it comes to raising Ronan, who's your firstborn, what are some of the key things that you're focused on as a father and going through that transformation right now? Like, what are some of the lessons maybe you learned from your dad that are positive and then maybe some of the things that maybe you want to do slightly differently, if there are any. Well, the one thing, one thing that you and I really don't have a choice doing differently is, um, well, we have a choice, but, you know, discipline. You know, we, you know, I, I had the healthy fear of my father, but, you know, I, hey, I, I know it's like to feel that leather belt. <laughs> and, you know, things, times have changed. So I want to, but one thing that that's helped me with is discipline and manners and, and just in respect for other people, especially um, our elders. So, you know, it, respect, honor, discipline, you know, those, those things, you know, first and foremost for Ronan, like, you know, you, cause you're a representative of us, just like my parents, they worked in Prince William County school system. So, my sister and I were a representative of them. So although although my grades were average, my grades were like a rainbow. But um mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh you got everything. But but my conduct was straight A's. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing, okay, you're not applying yourself, but you are not gonna disrupt class or act up. And right. So, you know. It's one thing, you know, academically, kids are going to all, you know, they're going to, there's going to be a different uh, brackets, I'd say. But, you know, being a good person, that should be non-negotiable. That will be non- non-negotiable. Makes sense. So as far as like, I mean, because I've only known you for, a, you know, a chunk of your life. I didn't know you back then. I I didn't grow up with you or anything like that, but I've known you um, in a period of time where 
before we had kids, we were focused. I knew you were at least, and you, I always give you credit for really pushing me to start my self-development uh, journey, right? Where I was not just trying to get more fit or lose weight or attract girls or whatever. It was more of like trying to actually figure out how to use my damn brain, right? Like actually figure out how to exercise my mind and reading. I always enjoyed reading, but I never really read a lot of self-development uh, material until actually until I met you and you started to tell me about things you were reading and things like that. Were you, cause you mentioned like you didn't make stellar grades, but the person I know now is like a, someone who studies quite a bit. So where did you transition from somebody who maybe just kind of did whatever to get by to being passionate about learning? Where did that happen? That happened with, um, I picked it up later. Um, and later on in life, it happened. I would say like the, one of my, the, the biggest transformation was in 2012 when, well, I wrote, I, I published the book, my first book redemption in September, 2015. But the, the reason for the book comes from 2012 when I, you know, I got into the fight, I got into mm. a fight in Arlington, um, Arlington, Virginia, and it was a two-year, two-year process of, you know, in and out of court, um, court costs, you know, telling my, telling my, having a top secret clearance and having to tell my job, like, you know, I got into a bar fight, so now I'm wondering you know, do they think I do this every weekend? And I, and I, you know, I just got caught this weekend mm. and, and, and it's like, how's this going to affect my clearance? Is it clearance revoking? Because if I were, if I would have lost my clearance, I would have lost my job. Uh, Jesse and I would have lost our house. So it was like, okay, you can't live you can't live off this satisfaction. No matter how good it felt to retaliate, like that satisfaction has a shelf life. So let's go back for a second because this is a story that has to be told, right, from the right way. So when we, when you went through what you're talking about right now, this this was 2012, right? So this is yes, when, this is when the fight. So to the to the listeners, if you don't mind, give them a little bit of like. Uh, of a backdrop to this story, right? So you were you were in Arlington, Virginia, which is where we live. We live right outside of DC. And at the time, what were you working security as well? Were you like working security for Drake and all that, or was that was that after that? No, this was a time when this was a time when I was I was working security regularly, whether it was personal detail or at um, different clubs in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And so for me. I grew, I grew up as the person who, you know, who's respectful, who's, you know, is going to, if I bump you, I'm going to say, excuse me. If I, you know, I'm, I'm going to apologize. If I knock your drink out of your hand, you know, please let me buy you another one. Um, Just very, very, very considerate. So I thought that those were, those were just general characteristics that everyone grew up with. Every mm-hmm. every guy, every man grew up with in their household. So if I learned, so 
then you couple that with where I was working security. I was, I was at my strongest point in my life. I'm working security. I'm learning how to, you know, I've, I've learned, you know, how to hold my own, stand on my own two feet in, in some pretty uh, sketchy environments. So now I'm like, you know, can we curse? Yeah, of course. I'm like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking shit from anybody. And I was a guy who I thought, you know, you wear your emotions on your sleeve. So when, in if I got bumped and no one, and you didn't say, well, excuse me, or I'm sorry, or even acknowledge it. I, I had to say something. My, mm-hmm. my, I, you know, my ego wouldn't allow me to just let it go. I have to say, so, Hey man, you didn't see me standing here. So then when I don't get the response that I anticipate now, I take it personally, like, okay, you grew up with these, you grew up with the same values that I did, the same principles. You're not, practicing them on me so now you know i'm taking it as disrespect mm-hmm. so you fast forward to arlington i'm at the bar with a friend for a birthday party we're, we're shoulder to shoulder in a packed bar the guy puts his hand in between both of us and, and it's like oh you know i'm like excuse me you know i'm like hold on we're gonna get some shots and we'll be out your way and um, we took shots, we, you know, and we were turning around leaving. I was like, and he, I was like, here you go. No problem. And he was like, you know, we're not in the hood. <laughs> and anybody who, who knows me, you know, I think there's a, there's an appearance. There's, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a language. There's, there's, there's a, there's a slang. There's there's a way people talk. There's a way people look that where you associate people with the hood. Mm. I took offense to that, and you know I was like, you know, that was uncalled for. He jumped in my face, and for all the for all the times I had walked away from these situations, this time I I I just reacted. And it was, it was, uh, it was, a uh, it was like a high moment. Oh man, you hit a guy, you know, you, you feel good. Mm. But at, but it was, but then it went right to low when you get outside and it's an officer waiting for you because now it's, it's 2 AM and it's February. If you've been in, if you lived in the DMV area in February, it's cold. So now I have my wife outside in the freezing cold. We can't leave. Don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I didn't get it in that moment. You know, I I was, I was cooperative. I did everything, you know, they asked me to do, you know, I wasn't, uh, I sat on, I, I stood against the wall. If they asked me questions, I talked. If they didn't, I was quiet. I wasn't pacing. I wasn't cursing. I didn't have my fist clenched. And I think that played a huge role in, like, how they how they dealt with me because I ended up getting, like, a ticket. And the ticket was, like, it was like a ticket. It was, they, did, they could have taken me in. I think if I was more aggressive, they would have. Mm. So, that I mean, that's a whole other conversation. If anyone's familiar with Arlington and Clarendon, to be specific, it's, it's very uh, – it's affluent, but it, you know, it's majority, you know, it's, it's populated, uh, majority of the population is, are white people. 
Yep. So, you know, it's three white officers, two males, one female. And, you know, they, they were, uh, I was cooperative. They were cool. I mean, you know, and they, they let me go, but I still, the guy, they were like, you might have to just apologize and, and, and go your own way, but no, he pressed charges. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was, it was like, okay, well, here's your summons and you have to appear in court. But I didn't, but I didn't, I got to go home. So I wasn't, right. I wasn't arrested, but I wasn't necessarily let go. Mm. So, yeah, if you want to interject with questions. Go ahead. No, I mean, this is, I've heard the story many times, obviously, because I've been around you and stuff. But I'm just thinking in that moment, like, you know, there's a lot of probably emotions, you know, because once you kind of the adrenaline calms down. You know, you go through the whole process and you're just trying to get out of there, obviously, like without any further damage and you're on your way home. And so where so so this is where the idea or not the idea for the book, but this is kind of where the the story behind the book began. Right. This is kind of where things started to change in your life and things started to transpire that led to the book. But So then what happens? So, so he presses charges and go from there so what, what was that nightmare like because i know it was a nightmare I, I was i was around for it and i remember but what was that process like and, and how did you start to put together the idea that you wanted to tell people this story well immediately after i didn't put shit together i was <laughs> i was pissed off i was i was mad at the world i'm like you know i didn't go out for the next two months because i'm like you know, first of all, I had this, I had this mentality of, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking shit from anybody. You know, I didn't, I felt I was wronged. I, you know, I didn't, I don't agree, you know, with the whole freedom of speech. There's a, I, I felt like there's a reason why, there's a reason why we don't just go around saying certain things to certain people or people in general, because they're going to respond back with something just as bad or nasty. And depending on, on, the back and forth that can lead to a physical altercation. Mm. It's just common sense. So I'm like, it wasn't really, it wasn't really racial because I don't think being hood is, is uh, limited to just black people. I mean, if we're being honest though, it was, it was, but, <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt that he probably wouldn't have said that to me. Right. 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 I, Because for those listening who don't know you, like, I mean, um, first of all, you know, there's no doubt that you work out, right? I mean, you're above average physique for sure, probably above, above average, intimidating, right? Someone you, who, if I was making a choice, I would say I'm not going to try to fight this person, right? Because that's your appearance. But then you also have tattoos. Yeah. Um, you carry yourself with a high level of confidence, right? So for the guy to say something like this isn't the hood i think we know what he meant right right whereas he was taking what you had just said before like you said sometimes people take the way someone appears and they associate it with other people who on the physical side appear the same way who might have a background that you know could be described as a hood or street background it doesn't mean though that that's 
accurate. It just means that someone who's so short-sighted and, to be honest, completely stupid um, would say something like that because of alcohol or whatever threat he felt from you or, or, or just intimidation that he was sensing in himself. Um, you know, he said something of that nature. But there's no question in my mind he would never say that to me or any other probably Asian or maybe Hispanic. But he would have never said that to a white guy in that situation. So it was definitely racist in my opinion, right? Right. And, but that's just it. Like, in the immediate aftermath, I didn't want to hear anything from anyone. Like, you know, one, I just wanted to tell the story. So one, I'm, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. You know, he just got disrespect me, steps in my face, and, you know, I, I hit him. And so I'm getting off on, you know, the wrong thing. That's where my energy was. And, and I, I stayed in for two months because I'm like, you know, if I don't go out, I can't get in trouble because I have this, I have this philosophy. Like, you know, if we, if you and I are out and a guy bumps me, and you say, well, you know, Mac, it's it's okay, man. You know, he didn't know. Just you know, he's unaware. Let it go. But if we work for the same company, and the same guy bumped into their boss, they would say, excuse me. <laughs> so right. I'm like, they do know. So when, and this goes, and this goes into like where, what I began to understand about myself, um, and I guess after the, the month two of, of staying in, Jesse was finally like, she threw this journal at me, like, here I got you this journal you need to write because I, I'm tired of I'm tired of like talking about the same things, hearing about the same things, hearing you bitch about the same things. And, you know, you need to get this out. So it, it, what started, it was just me writing in a journal, expressing myself. And I'm like, I started to figure out, man, I'm, I'm, I'm entitled. What I, what I didn't like the most about these other guys that I was running into was I was entitled. I was a guy who was in the gym who, who had the physique and, and everyone tell me, oh, you know, you're so big, man. You're so strong. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't mess with you. But all it took was that one person to offset it. The one person who didn't treat me that way mm-hmm. to, to offset everything. So now I'm like, what, you know, who do you think you are? Why, why, how are you not going to show me this same respect? So like, I'm think I'm calling everybody else entitled. I was entitled. Mm. Um, and, and, and this was in, this was, this didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't have to be in a club or a bar setting. We could be at the gym. And if, if I want to lift the, you know, the 130 pound dumbbells, and you're and you're using the bench in front of them using the fifty pound dumbbells. I would get mad because I'm like, why are you why are you using this bench instead of using a bench that's 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 closer to like the dumbbells you're using? I'm not thinking about well, this was the only open bench. Mm. I'm not thinking about. I'm not considering that this person is not trying to like be in my way or block me my way. It's, it's not even my gym. We we you know we pay for the gym together, the membership. So. I had, you know, I'm realizing I had entitlement issues. I'm realizing that I had, uh, I would prime myself with negative words like pride and ego and, and not, you know, not taking anyone's shit. So I was already, you know, if you, if you, if you look for a battle, you'll find one. 
So I, mm. I would leave my, I would leave my house saying, "Oh man, I hope these assholes aren't out." And <laughs> instead of saying, "I hope I can, I hope I can be poised and and patient and tolerant of these assholes. I hope I can control myself and my emotions." Because if you put, you put people and alcohol together, there's gonna be some assholes. Hell yeah. But I was I was delusional. I was thinking like, yeah. I, I, so I was I, my whole outlook was, oh, I hope they're not out tonight. So I'm already like, I'm already like, okay, the first one that's out, like, how the hell did you get here? Like, you know what? I thought this is not how my night was supposed to go. So it was it was um, you know, it was painful to 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 fight through that because it was like crushing all of my theories and philosophies, things that I had held on. I held on to a conviction. I had to begin to, to you know, let go one one by one. Mm. And this process took how long? So, so during this process, of course, like you were in the courts dealing with with somebody trying to sue you and all this other stuff. Um, when did you decide? Hey, you know, the the the, the self development that I'm going through and the realizations that I'm having about myself and the and the way I think. And the way I perceive things, like when did you decide that? All right, I gotta get, I gotta get pen to paper, and I gotta put this out because these are lessons that other people need to read now, not just myself. Um, when, when did that actually become a reality for you? When was that? When was that decided on? Um, hmm, good question. It was okay. The incident happened in February of t- 2012, and then I began actually writing maybe the beginning February or March of 2015. So, oh, so a few years. It definitely is okay because I guess the, the first year I really, I really didn't, I still was bitter. I still had a chip on my shoulder. Um, but if, you know, we're talking about when I decided, when I, you know, decided to really go forward and, and, and expand on it, it was beginning of 2014 because it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't have enough to, I don't have enough for this. This incident is not going to be, it's not going to fill out a book. So right. then I, I started going into other, other aspects of my character, other deficiencies within my character. Okay, let me, let me, let me go into this. Let me go into this. So, you know, the whole, like, mentality I had, like, it was like, you know, people were, I confused my standards with other people. Mm. So it was like, because I act this way, you should act this way. And if you didn't act this way, you were wrong. And that, so, you know, that, that leads you to, that, that, that can lead to a lot of trouble. Absolutely. So... For the book itself, for those who who uh, may not be familiar with the book, um, what was once you, once you started getting this this book created, um, what became like the theme for the book? What what was really like? What was the purpose behind the stories and the lessons and everything like that? For someone who's listening, who's like, man, it sounds interesting. What what was this first book really about? Like, what was the core message behind it? It. It really it it was about 
identifying, um, recognizing, you know, emotions that people, namely males, all experience, you know, identifying these emotions, um, confronting these emotions is what we don't confront can't question us. Mm. So it's like, okay, let, let, let's, let's, you feel, okay, you, you're, you're, you're becoming one with this emotion. But what does it stem from? What's the root of it? Because if you can't get to the root of something, then you're not, you're never going to be able to solve it in a meaningful manner. So just basically, you know, if you, if, if you, if you view everything, if you're a hammer, you view, you view everything as a nail, you're definitely going to find yourself, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. So it was, it was about identifying with different emotions different scenarios and then get into the root of those. Where do they stem from? So it's like, okay, you, you know, it's, it's about, there's an experience and there's an interpretation of an experience. And so the experience is what actually happens, but our interpretation is, is our perception of what we, of what we think happened, what we feel happened. But if we don't if we don't break these things down for for validity, then we're gonna you know we're always gonna uh, re- rely on the same methods. Mm. So what was that? So getting their thoughts out on paper. I mean, I know like obviously, I'm I'm in the midst of writing a book in regards to nutrition, but I you know it's crazy how as we write a book um, and we're trying to do it, I guess, and, and maybe your mentality going into writing this book was more, let me, let me get through my own thoughts. Right. Um, versus let me help the world or let me teach, you know, my future sons or daughters or whatever, these lessons, maybe it was more of like, let me just get my own thoughts out versus let me teach other people. What, what was your, like, what was your thought process? Cause I know for me, like, as if I started to write this book, it's like, I'm realizing I'm doing a lot for myself too, because it's helping me get clear on a lot of things that I've learned and start to organize my thoughts and my feelings and the the things that I'm passionate about when it comes to that topic. Um, But for you, what was it? Was it more like, okay, I've learned these things and now I want to teach other people. Or was it more like, man, I got a lot going on in my head. Let me kind of organize it and get it on paper. It was, it was all me. It was, everything was written from me. Like I did this. This is what I did wrong. This is how I reacted. This is what I found out about myself. This is why this was, you know, this was foolish. So it's not me saying, I'm not assuming that, like, you know, like you and I do these things. I'm telling you, I'm telling it from, from my perspective. This is what I did. And for the reader, if you, if you relate to it and it, and it resonates with you, great. If not, you know, that that's cool too. But it was, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm getting everything out, you know, from my perspective and, and, and hoping that it reaches the people it's supposed to reach. Like, okay, I can relate to that rather than me saying from a collective standpoint, you know, this is what we do as men. Like, cause I don't know. All I can do is tell you what I do. And if you relate to, if you, re- if you've been guilty of some of the things I've, you know, I've done, then, you know, it, it can be helpful. It can be effective. Right. Was there ever a point when you were writing the book that, 
like, because this is your first book, was there ever a point where you're like, oh man, I can't do this shit. <laughs> it's too hard. Or, or was, was, were you kind of like, hey, no, nah, I'm doing this and you saw it through? Or were, were there moments where you were like, fuck this, I can't do this anymore? No, man. Like, writing, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my therapy. You know, I, mm. I had to, I had to, I had to stop myself, you know, because you want to be, you want to just write you, 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 but at the same time, like you, you know, you want to, you want to leave some, you want to leave some for, for, you want to leave people wanting more. So mm-hmm. no, when I, when I get down and write and start digging on myself, like I can, I can dig, I can, I can dig and I can dig and I, I enjoy it because it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, open up and be vulnerable and just express these things face to face, whether it's with you or whether, you know, who, because you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to experience different emotions. You Maybe you get choked up. Uh, maybe mm. you get angry, you know, you get interrupted, you know, depending on, depending on who you're, what you're revealing and who you're talking to, if you've done them wrong, and you, you know, you open up and express things. Maybe, maybe they get defensive and they want to, you know, retort back. So, but when you're able to write, there's no, there's no distraction. Mm. So when you, when you locked in like that, you can, you can. And as the writer, you can, you can, you determine. You know, I determine like what you know where I'm, how much of you, I'm gonna, you know, how much of myself I'm gonna share, and vice versa. Cause you always got to leave, you got to leave something for your next book. Right. So you finished redemption, right? So then who, who's that book for though? Like if you described the, the ideal person to pick this book up and start reading it, who, who would that person be? Like what, who would that person be? That book is for those who can feel themselves approaching the crash moment or those who have, gone through the crash moment you know if i can get if i can get one person i think gary vaynerchuk he says one's greater than zero if i can get that one person if i can reach that one person from you know experiencing their their crash moment as a victory Mm. because if you know if i can if i can give someone insight on a you know, if you if you're gonna go out drinking, if you're gonna go out to a bar, these are things to expect. And yeah, I'm not gonna tell you that you're you're not gonna run into difficult people. You're not gonna get emotional. You're not gonna get mad. You're not gonna have pride and ego. But I can tell you what happens if you can't control it. And mm. and the thing is, I you know I was I was fortunate. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I hate the guy, but he. You know, he could have he could have fell back, hit his head. Simple assault could have turned into you know involuntary manslaughter, or he could have hit me. I could have fallen back, hit my head. I could have got jumped. I mean, it, there's so many scenarios that could happen. So, you know, I, I I may not be able to stop everybody, but if that can, you know, I know young men and, and alcohol and. I can stop you if I can get in your head and, and get you to understand the, the consequences that are waiting because the consequences don't they don't care about your intentions mm. so, so true 
you know, if, if I can reach that, if, if they can reach that person who's just about to hit their crash moment or a person who reached their crash moment and, and, and needs to, needs enlightenment to, to get on a new path. Because if we don't, experience is supposed to teach us and we learn from experience. Okay, I'll touch the stove, it's hot. I'm not going to touch that again. Mm. But if we, don't, if we don't take what we've learned and apply it, then it's not an experience, it's just an event. Mm. Damn, that's so true. Yeah, I mean, myself, I've been I've been lucky, and I say lucky because there's been probably numerous times where something similar could have happened to me. Um, I, I could have been on either side, right? I could have been uh, on the side of of having to go to court, being sued, and and someone pressing charges against me, and and also vice versa. I could have been injured, right? Um, I know that growing up, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, just awareness, right. Of what I was doing. Um, it was more of just instincts, right. And basing my decisions on emotion. But when it came to, and, and I say that because I mean, at the end of the day, like now as being a father, you know, I think to myself, man, these are the lessons that I want my boys to learn as fast as possible. Right. Um, because there's so much that can happen. I mean, I tell my wife, you know, I tell Michelle, my wife, every day, like getting involved with anything related to violence or legal trouble or anything like that is so dangerous in today's world because you never know, like, what what can possibly happen, the repercussions that can that can literally destroy your life. Um, but you got through this, right? So, so the outcome of uh, I, did you did you tell the outcome in the book? Because I don't want to ruin it. Um, if, I do. Okay, so that's right. I so, do. Yeah, so we'll we'll save that for the book, um, and we'll, we'll at the end we'll give you some options for those listening to pick up these books. But um, what made you decide to write another book? I mean, I, I'm going through the writing process right now, man. Like, <laughs> I'm already like, man, this might be my, my only book. This shit is hard as hell. Um, so when did you go? Okay, book number one, get it out there. I mean, incredible success, right? You put it out. It's, it's an achievement. You've done something incredible now that will stand the test of time. But when did you decide number two has got to happen? I was, I was in, it, I was in that, uh, I guess you could say I had that hangover. I, I was still in, I was still inspired. I was in, I was in writing mode. So, you know, I was like, I got to, I got to get these thoughts out. And I know you, you know, you can relate to that now, like being in the process you know you and if you're not doing it you know if you if if you have these thoughts man jot them down keep a pen with you mm. write them in your notepad so you don't forget them right and that's where i was i just okay i'm like okay so i have i have redemption um it talks about you know this incident that happened it talks about other deficiencies of my character that i'm that i'm working on things i've improved um, better, better methods in, in dealing with my emotion and, and handling other people, recognizing things in, within other people, and not taking things personally, you know, so to speak. So I'm like, okay, what what can the next book? What can that consist of? And I'm like, I want you know, I want to write a book for for men. You know, and this was the, the second one's the attributes of man. So 
it has 18 attributes that I feel constitute a man of value. Mm. Um, humility, integrity, your word, uh, compassion, resilience, um, patience and tolerance, accountability, to name a few. Yeah. And this one, redemption is like a memoir. And this one, the attributes of man is, it's, it's like a reference book. So it still has personal stories, personal experiences, but it, it also has um, information from a lot of other sources. Mm. So what was the process like? I mean, how was it different um, in comparison to the first? Was this now like, wow, okay, I, I've gone through this and now I want to maybe research more things, right? Was it more like finding third-party you know, information versus like your own internal information? Or, or was what was the process like for book number two? It was, well, one, this one was... maybe 130, 140 pages longer. Mm. So it was a lot more writing. And then how I did the chapters is, is like I always um, put like a personal experience, one of my personal experiences or personal stories in it, you know, as well as referencing, you know, other things, other people, so I still want to, I still want to, it's not as personal, but I still want to give you that personal, you know, give you more of me. Right. So you can learn, learn more of me and about me. I mean, I think that's so important too. Cause like a lot of, and, and you know, there's, there's many quote unquote experts out there when it comes to different facets of development and, and, you know, becoming a better person and, and better value and all those, all those things. But oftentimes it's more of just um, teaching, right. Telling, telling things, uh, giving information, giving tips, right? Uh, when in fact, there's really no like real life examples from that person's story, right? Um, it, it's more of just like, here's some good ideas, go do that stuff, right? Versus like, hey, here's something that actually happened to me where I was put in a position where this characteristic or you know, this, this lesson that I'm about to teach you was put to the test. Here's where maybe I failed or maybe I was successful because of whatever, but that's so relatable versus like somebody just telling me like, you know, like, like, you know, if I had never had to lose weight before, if I was just this guy who, you know, man, I was born ripped, I was born jacked and I never had to really work for it. Now here I am telling you all these principles, right. And all these, these tips and these, these outlines on how to get in shape but I've never done it myself, right? I've always just mm -hmm. been blessed. Whereas mm -hmm. you take the route of like, hey, these are some characteristics and attributes that I believe increase your value as a man and help you become the best man you need to be. But here's not only that attribute and that characteristic, but here's a story about a place where maybe I failed in this, in this area or this arena, or maybe I was successful or a lesson I learned in an actual story, which I think, man, is so much... These stories are what truly connect with people, which I, which I think is incredible. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, yeah, you know, you, I want you to be able to feel like you, 
Like you, you walk away, you know, you read this book, you're like, man, I, you know, you feel like you know me, even if we hadn't met face to face or haven't talked. So it's not, some of it is it's very deep and personal. Some of it is embarrassing. Some of it's funny. I mean, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I, I never, never pictured, picture you, uh, taking your shirt off and, you know, going off on a girl in a bar. <laughs> so the, is that the CrossFit story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know, and it's like I didn't get kicked out. Like, how do you not get kicked out? <laughs> oh, but man. that, you know, but that's, it was like, she was telling me to do CrossFit. I don't want to do CrossFit. I didn't like CrossFit. I didn't have a reason for not liking CrossFit. I just didn't like that people challenged me because that was entitled. Like, don't you see how I look? Why are you why are you questioning me? You should you should know that I already know how to work out. So I'm already right. I'm framing it. I'm framing it the wrong way. I'm interpreting it the wrong way. I'm taking it in disrespect. I'm framing it wrong. Like, oh, that's you know, that's disrespectful. So I'm you know, if if a lot of times we're not even we're not in a, a bad position. Or a bad place, but if we tell ourselves are, we're gonna respond as if we are. Mm. And you, you know, you, you know, tantrums, man. I thinking that you're supposed to wear your heart on your sleeve. That's what I thought. Like uh, you gotta wear your heart on your sleeve. People respect that. Like no, man. People grow tired of that. People, people, mm. people grow. They get exhausted from that. It's true. Because it's not, you know, it's not. It's not that serious. I thought it was that serious. It's not that serious, but it took me, it took me, you know, the majority of my 40, 40 years on earth to, you know, realize this. Yeah. I mean, what's crazy, like, and I don't know, this is kind of a, a side topic, but just thinking about our kids, right. And our boys, and cause you know, they're going to be growing up in a world that looks and, and and acts a little different than the world we grew up in, especially with things like social media. Um, I mean, we we never experienced Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram and all these things until we were already in our, you know, late 20s, 30s. Right. I mean, these things were new, relatively right. new to us. Uh, we had already been through, you know, the majority of our life. Um, and so we, it's only been around for a short period of time. It's already made a massive impact. Do you think, and I'm curious because I have my thoughts on it, but do you think that the lessons that you're talking about in your books, right? Um, now, as fathers, we hope to pass these lessons to boys and, and teach them from an early age. But do you think that the world they're growing up in will make it easier for them to learn these lessons? Or do you think it will make it harder for them to learn these lessons? Oh, that's a good question. Um I think a lot of it depends on like how, you know, how, how, how close, how close, how close we are with them, you know, mm-hmm. how, you know, the relationship we, we develop and cultivate with them because here's the thing, man, the brain's a creature of repetition. So whatever it gets to it, the most will rule it and it can't, it can't resist something that's regularly placed in front of it. So I say that to say this, you know, our kids, our sons are going to be, they're going to hear something from you and I, but they're going to get, they're going to get so many more, so, so many more messages from everyone out in the world, whether it's social media, their friends, 
And it's like, if, you know, one thing about, so our influence is, is huge because we're both very knowledgeable I, and we're both smart and intelligent, but if we don't have influence over them, our knowledge isn't going to matter. Right. So, you know, it's, it's really, really, you know, how, you know, how close are we to them or how aware are we of what they're doing in their relationships? You know, how well are we listening to them to, to understand them? Because if they don't feel understood by us, you know, they're, they're going to seek it. Mm. So it's, it's, it's more, it's that much more important for us to be diligent in, in, in our parenting because, because of social media, because it, it, I mean, I know I'm, I'm guilty of having my phone too much. So you can only imagine what it's like when they're, you know, what the phone's going to be when, when they're 16 years old. Right. You know, if they're if they're if they're playing sports, if they're involved with things at school, if they have a girlfriend, if they have the phone, bro, they're not gonna have time for that. <laughs> so, so you know, that was one thing. You know, my dad's messages were they're instilled in me, and hopefully, I can inst- we can instill the same things in our sons. Yeah, because I mean, my thought is that we live in a in a world where there's, I mean, there's so much at your fingertips, right? Which um, is a double edged sword. Because there is a lot of opportunity um, to learn things that are valuable, um, that are something that, you know, maybe you couldn't have just picked up and learned uh, 20 years ago. Uh, But there's also, I think, a much deeper and more intense need for good fatherhood, good parenting in general, and just more self-development than ever before, because there's just so much more information right there's so much more things being thrown at you so you have to be clear like the saying if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything right right it's never been more fucking true than now because there's a lot more anything (laughs) you know there's a lot more access to all these other ideas and the the access to not just ideas but these um these disturbing images and events that now you know if someone if a kid blows up a school or shoots up a school you know about it within seconds right of it happening mm-hmm. like there, there's mm-hmm. people literally tweeting about it as it's happening um whereas before i remember columbine when i was in high school and uh, i didn't know about it till you know six eight hours after it happened right like it, the delay back then from from you know something happening or or getting into an idea or learning something was so much greater than it is now so i feel like the 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 lessons and the diligence um and the accountability that you have to have with your kids is way greater and i and honestly i can't even imagine what's going to be like in in 16 years when they're you know could be we're getting ready to become adults or they are adults right. actually at that point it's going to be you know I, I think it just solidifies the lessons that and the things we talk about to our audience about how important it is to take care of yourself right so that you can it's like the oxygen mask right you have to yeah. make sure that your shit is on point so that you can help the people who look up to you and need you um help them survive in this chaotic world but anyway so i say all that because you have a third book man we haven't even got to the third book yet <laughs> what i mean the the, the first two incredible books i mean i own multiple copies but um the third one kind of went a different direction right so walk me through a little bit of like the 
the lead up to the third and the idea behind that one. Okay, the third one is it's called Revelations of Divorce, um, Disclosure Through an Internal Lens. And the premise of that one is um, I had an affair, which ultimately led to the demise of my marriage. And this book, this book was, uh, it was, it was one of the toughest things to write, but it was needed. Um, it's, again, it's written from a perspective of me, my bullshit, you know, things that after through reflection, I found out were wrong within myself, um, my characters, my behaviors, my uh, emotions, and you know, it, it's 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 a book. It started out as letters to Jesse, my ex-wife, and you know, it was one of those things. I didn't necessarily know it was going to turn into a book, but then I it just it snowballed, and <clears throat> one of the you know one of the chapters uh, is entitlement, which I talked about, which I struggle with from the first book, redemption. Um, entitlement in a relationship and a marriage can be draining, damaging. Um, you know, as men, we, it's like, do you, do you treat, do you treat your woman as a gift or do you, do you expect her to treat you as God's gift? Mm-hmm. And you, and you gotta be really honest with yourself. And in my case, I, more times than not, I, I, I expected Jesse to treat me as God's gift. And the problem is the problem, you know, the thing with women is, they see potential in their men that this is my opinion or my philosophy that women see potential in their men. They see us as the men that they know we can be. And, you know, we, we can't even see that. So it's like, you know, as as knucklehead as I was, it was like, she's still, she still, you know, saw the stars in me. And I, you know, I, we lost our way. And rather than me sit her down and communicate where I was, have her communicate where she was, you know, I, I went, I went seeking, I went outside and went seeking. And, and this book just, it, it talks about, you know, these, you know, how these emotions and like entitlement was one contradiction was one, um, you know, as men, as, as me, I, I know I want, I say I want a woman who stands up for herself, has her voice, has confidence, you know, free to express herself. But then when she did it, it was like I was like, hold on, pause. Like, you know, I didn't. I want I want to be able to dictate when you do it. Like, no, nah, like you're not supposed to do it now. I, you know, I'm supposed to express, you know, my distaste, my disdain. So you know, I would shut her down, and then you know, you go through a cycle of that, and then next thing you know she you know a woman's gonna withdraw mm. um 
forgiveness was a chapter. You know, I, I think I have a better understanding of that now, but I know I struggled with that. It was one, you know, if, if, and you know, like when, when you and I first met and I'm trying to, you know, instill these lessons in you or, you know, teachings I've had. And it's like, I didn't, I would tell you things and then I would, uh, I would, I would like have you on a, under a microscope. So I'm judging every move you make or every decision you make. And if it didn't align with what I told you, I'm like, Oh man, you weren't listening. You didn't, you didn't, you're wasting my time. So it's like, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know how to give grace. Mm. And that, you know, that, that the problems and the friction I had in outer relationships, it, 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 I brought it into my marriage. And it's, it's, it's different when, when you know you've struggled with grace and forgiveness, but then you've done something and now you want forgiveness. You hope to get forgiveness. Hmm. Was this the hardest book to write for you in comparison to all three? Absolutely. Because it's, you know, it's, I had to get naked. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that, you know, the divorce rate for first time marriages is 50%. Um, I know that, you know, affairs are prevalent. I know that people can relate. However, you know, this is for, this is for that man or woman who is, is, is ready to own everything because, you know, relationship is a hundred percent, but you can only, it's 50, 50. You can only own a hundred percent of your 50. Mm. So this is, this is me owning, you know, a hundred percent of my 50. I can't tell you what, you know, Jesse did wrong. You'd have to ask her. You know, that, that the point and finger business, you know, my dad told me when you point the finger, you have three pointing back at you. She may not, she may not feel like she did anything wrong. That's not for me to decide. All I can tell you is, is where I went wrong. Mm. So it, this is, you know, this is another one I would say is for men because, you know, men, we, you know, we, we, Sometimes things don't work with your with your your wife or your girlfriend, but when there's a kid involved, it's like you know he when he's of age and and we're gonna have that conversation i wanna you know i wanna be able to tell him i wanna be able to be truthful with him, but also it's you know it, it's like I had to ask myself who do i who do i wanna be you know what what who do who do i wanna be how what kind of man do i wanna be for her, for Jesse, and for Ronan, because my 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 interactions with her, he's watching. He's gonna see that. So if if I'm ugly towards her, if I'm disrespectful towards her, how am I gonna discipline him if he's if he's ugly and disrespectful? Mm. So I had to I had to. Well, I chose to write this book, you know have you know contrition for for my choice because it was a choice it wasn't a mistake um i mistakes to me are, are things that we make when we have no prior knowledge mm. you know you you take vows you know that 
that's one of the vows. Like, it's, it's like if you if you if you go to a bar and you have ten beers and you get behind the wheel, you didn't make a mistake. You you know that you're not you're not supposed to drink and drive. You know the consequences. Just made a poor choice. Or... You made a poor choice. Yeah, you made yeah. you but you but you made a conscious choice. Right. Yeah, nobody forced you to do it. No. So, you know, there's accountability. So, yeah, I mean, I contradict myself, you know, and I wrote about integrity in my second book. You know, this is a black eye on that integrity. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I own it. I take accountability for it, and I'm still learning. I mean, effectively what you've done is, I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I can say it because I, I think at the end of the day, what you've done is, is, is courageous, right? Because like you said, you, you had to get vulnerable, real vulnerable. Um, and not to mention you're, you've, you've now created what is effectively uh, a roadmap, right? Um, not just a roadmap that gives you the bright, you know, shining path that's free of any kind of distractions and free of any kind of hurdles but one that is actually raw right and says hey you know these are the lessons i learned doesn't mean that i'm perfect it doesn't mean that i've applied them in the right way all the time it means that these are the things we're striving for right these are the things that i want to teach uh and and share with you but at the same time open up and say man i fucked up (laughs) right yeah at times, right. but I also had the the awareness to go, let me go back to the drawing board and let me get my thoughts out and let me start to organize and to decipher maybe why these things happen, what I would do differently um, and give the reader, which, you know, is in this case, um, someone who's listening, who, who's like, wow, you know, th- this is similar to what I've been through. Maybe I can learn something here. A chance to hear the, the, the real story right which is in my opinion oftentimes missed these days because all we see is highlight reels so it's important to to understand that even though you have the knowledge and the experience you also have the the courage to talk about things where you weren't perfect with these with these uh these ideas which man is awesome like i mean and i think that's that's why i wanted you get most i mean obviously i respect you as as a person and i think that um you're an incredible human being but i also know that the world needs to have opportunities to get help and inspiration from people who are willing to talk about the good and the bad, the good, the, the good and the ugly shit. Right. Um, which isn't, right. isn't always the case these days. Just like we talked about before with the social media, people want to just talk about the best shit and the coolest stuff and my best when in reality we need to know it all because that's the only way we can put the pieces together. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the key thing is those who are ready. Like I, you know, it depends on where you are in your journey. Um, you know, I know that thoughts about me, you know, are going to change and relationships may change. And, and, and I, you know, I have to accept that and deal with that. But at the same time, that has no bearing on the work, the work I had to do. I mean, I think it had, it played a big part in, in repairing and restoring Jesse and I's relationship. Uh, we promised that Ronan would never know, you know, anything but love. And we've, we've, we've both stuck to that. 
But, it, you know, that was, you know, it wasn't easy. I mean, there was plenty of times where I, I had to question myself, how, how did I act with her? What did I say to her? Was that in alignment with my intentions? Like who I want to be? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Now I got to go back to apologize. I got to go back to make it right. And, you know, you know, our intentions, the capacity to stay in touch with what is, what is of most important, prime important to us on a daily basis. So it was a lot of those times. Like, you know, man, you didn't act, you didn't act, how you were acting was not in line with your intentions. Mm. I had to make it right. And it, it, it was a fight. It, it, you know, but that's, for me, it was like, what, that's, it's easier than carrying around the anger, carrying around the frustration. Mm. And it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't write it thinking, well, well, well now I, you know, I own everything, you know, you should be fine. You should get over it. No, you know, this is something that probably going to take a couple iterations of her reading and then just time in general for her to get to a place where, you know, she's at peace or, you know, she's forgiven me. You know, if that, if that happens, I believe it will. I know her, but it wasn't for anything in return. And and if nothing else, just to show her, like I was contrite. Mm -hmm. So man, I mean, three books, three incredible, helpful books um, that like you said, even if it helps one person, uh, it's an incredible thing, right? Um, I want to ask you before we wrap up, because first of all, I appreciate you sharing all this. I know that the people listening are going to get it not only uh, inspired, but you know, hopefully they'll, they'll grab the book and we'll, we'll have that here in a second. But um, this is a fitness based podcast, right? Uh, but we, we try not to talk too much about fitness because I, I believe that health and fitness and all that stuff starts with your mentality, right? Starts with your psychological state uh, and being prepared and ready to change um, and being on a, on a journey, right, to not just improve how you look and all how you feel, um, but how you think and how you, how you study and all those things. So I, I, my question for you, because, I mean, fitness um, is, a, is a staple in your life. Um, it's always, it always has been as far as I've known you. Um, what is fitness for you? What is it in your life? Like, what, what does it do for you in your life? Ooh, that's a good question. It's loaded. <laughs> um, fitness for me now. I mean, I, you know, it started as like beach muscles, <laughs> and then uh, it, you know, before I wrote before I wrote Redemption, the first book. One of my good friends, like a big brother of mine, a mentor, he told me, you know, you, you want to make sure that your your mind's not chasing your muscles. Make sure your muscles are chasing your mind. So this was maybe 40 now. So I was 34. Mm. So it was like, and it was like, my dad told me, 
it didn't matter how much weight I lifted or how I looked. You know, if you didn't put anything in your brain, you were going to be a dressed up garbage can. <laughs> so, so, although I, I'm still vain and I still want to look good, I still want to be strong, it was like, what do you, like, okay, what, what how can you uh, expand your reasoning? Like, okay, you, you just hear you want to be strong, but like, what can you, okay, how can you relate it? How can you take it outside to the real world? Like, I don't want, okay, I don't want to go to the gym today. You know, that's where you develop discipline. You know, it's not always about motivation. We talk about that all the time. Like, you're not always motivated to go to the gym. It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do the same things, to, to do that routine every day. It's crowded. You, you worked all day. You don't want to talk with people, but, You develop discipline. You develop selflessness because people, you don't know who's coming in that gym to see you. And mm. if, if you, if you, if you, if you are in a bad mood and you kind of blow them off, their whole workout might be done. Mm. So, you know, who, who's, who's watching you? Like, are you giving up? Are you are you are you giving up because you're tired or you know you you didn't feel like doing the last set or the last rep? Are you are you cheating yourself? They you know people 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 are watching. So when you say like what's fitness for me, you know fitness started out it was just like something I did, you know, for my own benefit whereas it's it's become more like all encompassing. Like yeah, you know, fitness is definitely mind, body, and spirit. Whereas it, it was at one point in time just body. Mm. So you're fit, okay? You're coming in the gym, but are you okay? You know, and are you know are you you know are you are you doing things right? Not just exercises. Are you doing things right at home? Are you doing things right at work? You know, are you doing things right with your son? Mm. So, you know, fitness is the, uh, you know, the glue that, that, that ties us all together and allows us to ex- expand on conversations. Damn, I love that. I love that. Bro, 100 episodes, man. Um, I'm glad that I'm glad that this happened for uh, for the timing aspect but also just because um i know that uh my audience which has grown you know tremendously over the past year and a half is going to get a lot out of this um so what i want to do um i didn't tell you this before we jumped on but what i'm going to do is i want to give a copy away of each one of your books um and uh i want to give those away to to some of our listeners um and what we'll do is by the time this episode is up um, we'll have a, a couple, uh, Instagram posts and Facebook posts out. So, um, all you guys have to do for those listening, um, is, is leave a comment on my Instagram post when I, when I talk about this episode tomorrow, um, and just let us know that you listened to the episode and that you enjoyed it. And then we're going to pick a couple winners, 
uh, actually three winners, one to win uh, your first book and then one to win the other two as well as someone to win the third. Um, and we'll give away some copies, man. But where where can people, if they just want to buy your book, if they're interested in buying your book, um, where can they find it? You could you could find them both on through Amazon and or Barnes and Noble. Perfect. Um, if you typed in Carlton S. Mac Jr., then they'll you know the um, the series or the catalog will come up. Perfect. Yeah. So what I'll do, and and for those listening who just want to quickly grab the books, um, I'll link them in the uh, show notes, show description. So just click the links. I'll have each one of his books linked out. Um, so you can grab it, uh, off of, uh, off, offline. Um, I highly recommend it first and foremost. And, um, if you grab the book, connect with Carlton too. So where, where can they find you? Where's the best place for people to get in touch with you? Um, my Facebook is just my name, Carlton Mack. And my profile pic is me, sitting with my son, we're both like wearing, uh, we're, we're looking like twins. I'm in a tank top. So you should, I think if you, if you pull it up, you'll be able to, you'll, you'll see. And actually my, my Instagram is Carlton dot Mac, same profile pic. My son and I. So then perfect. I'm going to link, I'm going to link all your Instagrams and everything out too. So for those, who just want to um, connect and learn more from Carlton because um, you actually, you post a lot of incredible things on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, not, not some of these like, you know, cheap, like little, you know, self-improvement quotes, but you actually get into detail and, and you post some really helpful information. So I, I suggest definitely connecting with him on Facebook and Instagram um, just to continue getting some of these really valuable nuggets um, every single day. Bro, thank you so much for coming on my show, man. It's been it's been oh awesome. man, damn, thank you. I I I keep talking. <laughs> I know, I know. We could do a three hour podcast. <laughs> I have a feeling um, that we'll get a lot of requests to have you back on to talk about specific things. So what we'll probably do next time is pick an actual topic, maybe something about you know something in your books, um, and we'll go into really greater depth about that one thing. But I just wanted to introduce you to my audience uh, because you've made a huge impact and I can't say that enough on my life. Um, and you continue to inspire me, man. I mean, um, you know, the, the things you do with Ronan, your son, and, and, and just the honesty and humility that you have about yourself. Um, I know that I'm a different person now than I was, you know, when I first met you. Um, and uh, you probably wouldn't be able to even recognize me now in comparison to how idiotic I was back then. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, it's, it's just a, a lot of it is, is due to the people I surround myself and with. And that is definitely you as part of being in my circle, man. So I appreciate that. Um, and I know the people listening are you know, going to gain a lot um, just from connecting with you and, and then investing in the, in the material that you put out, man. So that's just awesome. Thank you, man. And, and obviously, you know, we've had this talk more times than we can count. But, you, you know, you've, you've helped me grow. And guy, you've guided me when you didn't even know, you know, more than my humility would admit. Um, but I'm coming around. I'm just late. I'm delayed with it now. So, <laughs> you know, it's all good, thank man. you, man. I'm just, I have so. to be blessed with patience, man. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Sometimes, I guess, sometimes. 
certain people. Uh, but yeah, man. So this is this is episode one hundred. Um, and uh, for those listening, thank you for listening. Um, be sure to connect with Carlson. Make sure that you uh, follow him on social media and grab his books. Please grab his books. They are awesome. They're going to change your way of thinking. Maybe even if they're not for you, grab them for somebody who might need it. If, if they're on a part of their journey where they need something like this. Um, but check it out and uh, appreciate you listening. Episode 100. This is a wrap. We'll talk to Thank you, you on 101. Thank you, bro. Thank you. All right, my man. All right, man.